What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Look, that was a really, really good game. Um, the Wizards ended up losing in really close fashion. Um, but you honestly, like you have to give them a ton of credit. Um, really, really early on, it looked like it was like going to be very ugly for the whole game. Um, Westbrook did an awesome job of energizing the team, getting them back in it, um, ended up losing by one point to a pretty good Mavericks team. Um, so uh, this is, <laughs> I can't be too upset with the what happened. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. So um, the Mavericks just beat the Wizards 125 to 124. Um, they pushed the record to 36 and 27 and the Wizards fall to 29 and 35. Um, coming into this game, the Mavericks... It's loading, it's loading. <laughs> um, the Mavericks point differential is plus two, which is good for 10th in the NBA. Um, their offensive rating was 115.4, good for 8th in the NBA. And their defensive rating was 113.4, which was 19th in the NBA. Um, just to go over the um, overview and four-factor stuff for this game. Um, just really, really fun offense. Um, <laughs> not as fun defense. Um, but So the Mavericks um, offensive rating in this game was 127.8, um, which is in the 89th percentile. Wizards' offensive rating... Um, was 125.8, which is in the 85th percentile. So both like th- both those numbers are insane. Um, Mavericks effective field goal percentage is out of this world is 64.5%, which is in the 93rd percentile. Um, Wizards was 54.4. Um, both teams' turnover rate was exactly 10.3%. Um, Wizards' offensive rebound rate was 39, 31.9, which is in the 85th percentile. That's how they were able to... Um, also, they got to the line a lot more. Um, that's how they were able to... Um, have the game be so close despite having such a giant um, discrepancy in terms of effective field goal percentage um, to go over some of the ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous stats um, from this game. Um, oh, wait, I do want to go over the ESPN win probability early because at one point it was like, so it was like 32 to 16, like in the first quarter. Um, someone on the Mavericks bench, I don't remember exactly who it was, 
Um, but he was like putting a little phone up to his like ear, like saying like call it, call it, like call the game. Um, and yeah, the Wizards came back and they they did a great job um, to you know not let it run away from them early. But um yeah, so at the lowest point, like in this three minutes thirty eight seconds left in the second quarter, the Mavericks were up by sixteen points and had a ninety two point eight percent chance to win the game. Um, and yeah, a lot of credit does go to Russell Westbrook. Like I I'm hard on him in this pod, but. Um, like one thing that he's really, really good at is just consistently bringing energy at all times. Um, and he did a really good job of, you know, leading the Wizards back into this game. Um, so looking at um, the stats, <laughs> like I was going to go through, uh, I said, uh, so Russ Westbrook had 42 points, 17 of 30 from the field, 3 of 6 from three-point range, and 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Um, that's awesome efficiency. So 42 points on um 33 and a half shooting possessions is really 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 good um also had 10 rebounds not assist um minus three in 40 minutes um Rui Hachimura had 18 points he was 7-11 from the field I don't know why it said him before Bradley Beal Bradley Beal at 29 points was 9-20 from the field 10-11 of 11 at the line um not his most efficient night but still um was solid um in terms of efficiency he was only 1-5 from three um you know some of those looks are going to fall like some of his shots just didn't happen like they happen to not go in tonight like that happens all the time um, which is perfectly fine. Um, so those 29 points coming on 25 and a half shooting possessions, um, you know, about average efficiency. Um, Gafford came off the bench, was awesome. Um, 25 points, or <laughs> 25 minutes, had 9.7 rebounds, um, was minus seven. Robin Lopez was plus 17. Interesting, interesting. Had five points, um, played 18 minutes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of um, mentionable Wizards players. Besides Isaac Bong and Garrison Matthews, who didn't play, um, despite how much I wanted them to. <laughs> um, Luka Doncic had 31 points. He was plus 6 in 39 minutes. Um, he was 12 of 23 from the field, 6 of 11 from the free throw line. So 31 points coming on um, 29 and a half shooting possessions. Um, 20 assists, 12 rebounds. He is a problem <laughs> in pick and roll coverage, especially for um, how the Wizards are built. Um, but I'll talk about how they adjusted um, later. Um, and then Dorian Finney-Smith had 22 points. He had that game-winning shot. He was plus four, um, six of nine from three, eight of 12 from the field. Um, Maxi Kleba had 17 points. He was five of nine from three and two of two from the line. Um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is two of five from three, 12, seven of 12 from the field, had 16 points and was plus seven on the night. Um, like, look, part of this was just straight up like the Wizards getting unlucky. Um, the Mavericks shot 17 of 38 from three-point range, which is 44.7%. Um, that's <laughs> that's an unexpected mark. Um, like you, you, that some things like you just can't control. You you cannot expect Maxi Kleba um, to shoot 55.5% on a given night, and Dorian Finney-Smith to shoot 66.6% on a given night. Like those those are just out of like those are ridiculous numbers. Like yes, Luca shot one for six, but like uh, like 44.7%. If like those are the two guys that are getting a lot of shots, um, like you just have to walk away with your held, held, head held up high. Uh, it's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, I guess first I'll talk about um, the uh, stuff down the stretch. Um, I want to pull up the Wizards Mavericks play by play super super quick fourth quarter. Um, usually when I look at the play by play, I do it on NBA.com. Um, Got to pull up my notes, see where I started taking notes from. Okay, so. I'll start from about um, 35 seconds left. Um, so it was a go screen for Luka Doncic, I believe, set by um, whoever Beal was guarding. So I think that was Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, they were kind of going at him late in that game, or late <laughs> late in the game. 
Um, so it was a ghost screen. A little bit of miscommunication with Beal. Um, sometimes NBA teams like switch everything. Um, sometimes they only switch on contact. Um, the Wizards usually switch on everything, but I guess it was a little confusing because there's just no contact on the screen at all. Um, so it was a miscommunication. Um, Beal got to the switch late. Um, still, like he did a decent job of recovering, um, but it was just too easy of a shot for Luka Doncic, who hit a shot um, about nine, like 17, 18 feet away um, from the rim. Um, and it went in, um, and that was to tie the game at 122 with 35 seconds left. Um, next time down, um, the Wizards just down the stretch were just absolutely destroying um, the Dallas Mavericks on just a pin down from the left side of the floor, um, just going at Tim Hardaway Jr., having Bradley Beal catch the ball, um, having him be able to catch the ball going to his right side, which obviously is a strong side where he, um, you know, he's most comfortable on like has space to step back has space like to operate all that kind of stuff um so Beal was just killing Tim Hardaway Jr. late in the game doing that um he got fouled trying to come off the wide pin down um got to the line and then put the Wizards up 124 to 122 with 26.1 seconds left um so 26.1 seconds left there's a 2.1 um second shot clock difference um Wizards had a timeout um so what I would have done if I was Rick Carlisle was I would have just milked the clock all the way down shot a three at the end of the shot clock to win the game um you know that's what makes the most sense um in terms of what you want to do um but they attacked early they attacked with like 14 seconds left but they had a really really good play call um so what they did was they had the person guarding Bradley Beal um as I, I assume who the play call was directed at um which was Tim Hardaway Jr. um he came up like he was going to either ghost the screen um like they just did the previous play or he came up like he was going to just straight up set the screen to force the switch um and then have Luka Doncic um run the clock down um, and then like shoot a step back against Bradley Beal, um, which is what they probably wanted. Um, but they had him flip the angle of the screen. So instead of coming up and setting it to the middle um, where they knew that the Wizards were going to ice the coverage. Um, or Yeah, so if they set it in the middle, the Wizards are going to ice. Um, but then he flipped the angle. Um, so then Beal wasn't in ice position, but Russell Westbrook was. So Luka Doncic was able to come off of that screen. Oh, so, so I guess I'll explain. So when Beal, if Beal was in ice position or ice coverage, um, he would have been on the other side of the floor. So then um, in the mi- middle pick and roll, um, Luka Doncic would have been forced to Beal, um, who's on the other, like just right to Beal. Um, but if it's a, um, a side or pick and roll um, from the other angle, um, then they're just going to um, force him right to Beal anyways, or they're probably going to switch or uh, they would have done something different. Um which I think just not letting him use a screen is what they would have done because that's the coverage that Beal was in. So it was a little bit of miscommunication, but also a really good play call um, from the Mavericks. Um, so Luka came off the screen. Um, so then someone had to help. Um, and Rui helped from the strong side corner, which is a big, big no-no um, for the NBA. Um, you you just can't help up that strong side corner. You can't. Um, it gave Jordan Finney-Smith. So obviously Luka, the second he sees that... Um, instead of um, going to that weak side corner. Um, like So usually as an NBA player is coming at you and you're guarding the weak side corner, as they're coming towards you, you're going towards your man in the weak side, or the strong side corner is what I meant to say this whole time. Um, so you, as they inch towards you, you inch towards the strong side corner. Um, you do not give up that strong side corner three because it's going to be wide open every time. It's the easiest shot, um, blah, 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 blah. Like it's, it's way too easy to give up. So, But Rui didn't. Rui held his place. He was going to stay there and he was going to help on Luka. Um, that doesn't, like... Why? Um, Luca, if he pulls up for another 20-footer with nine seconds left, you live with that. You 100% live with that. You do not, you cannot give up that strong side corner three. You just can't. You can't. It doesn't matter if Luca makes a 20-footer. You still have over a 50% chance to win the game because you have the percent chance of you scoring the ball, which you just did on like how many possessions in a row? One, two, three, um, four out of five, six out of the last seven possessions you scored the ball. So you have that, those chances of scoring on this next possession. Plus, 
It's only like how, what are the odds that Luca makes that shot anyways? Like 45, 50%. So you have 50% that Luca makes that shot to tie the game. Um, let's say um, 40% that you score and then 50% chance that you win in overtime. The odds of all that stuff happening, like for you to lose is way, way too small for you to not, for you to help off of that strong side corner. You can't do it. It's a terrible value proposition in that scenario. It doesn't matter that Luca's their best player and he has the ball. You just have to cover it like you would any other play because the reason that you cover any other play is to give yourself the best chance and like not letting them score points. So that's what you have to do in that situation. Rui screwed up. Like, if, and if that's what they told him to do, then the coach is screwed up. Like, that's not the right thing to do. And if you want someone to help, have Gafford come up and help. Have whoever's guarding the weak side corner come over. And then if um, Luca's good enough to make the skip pass, which he is, then you have that whole entire, the length of that skip pass to rotate, which it would have been Westbrook, um, which, you know, is, it would have been questionable. Um, but still, you, you, cannot, you cannot help off that strong side corner. You just can't. Um, so they give up a wide open three to Dorian Finney-Smith, and he makes it. Um, not only does that, that puts them up by one point. So if you give up a two, it's perfectly fine. It's not the end of the world. You just gave up two points. You have the ball and you have overtime. If you give up the three, you're losing. Now, all of a sudden, the other team has a better chance of winning than you do. So you just can't give that up. Like, even if they make a two, you still have a better than 50% chance of winning. If you give up the three, you have a lower than 50% chance of winning. So just not a good job. Um, so the Wizards come out of the timeout um, with nine seconds left. Um, so what they run... Um, they just, I assume what they were going for was just whoever is, um, whoever has, um, what's his face? Luka Doncic on him. Come get the ball. Um, Bradley Beal is inbounding. So get the ball from Beal. Um, just hand it back to him, which is what they did. Um, and let Beal, um, isolate against, um, Luka Doncic, which is like, it makes perfect sense. You want to go out there, worst defender. If they're going to put Luka out there in that situation, which like, first of all, why is he out there in that situation? But like, I don't know, maybe they didn't have timeouts. Um, so then that would make sense because then you want to give him a shot. Um, but yeah, anyways, so Luca's out there, so go at him with your best player. Um, and they did, um, but Beal dribbled it off his foot, trying to do it like a snatch behind the back move. Um, it went right to Neto. Neto gave it back to Beal, and Beal ended up getting actually a wide-open look at the three, um, and he missed, and that was the game. Um, so yeah, um, it was a really, really good game. Um, obviously, like I have my own reservations about what happened on that last Maverick shot, but like the Wizards... Like, they played hard all game long. Um, they got back into it. They started out really, really rough. Like, you know, part of that recovery, like, that's that's all you can really ask for for a team. Like, you're going to have nights where you're just not, like, where you're just off. Um, you're going to have nights where, like, one guy is just destroying. Like, it's going to happen sometimes. Like, you play in the NBA. You play against guys who are as good as Luka Doncic. Like, sometimes you're going to come out and you're just going to be flat. Um, but the ability to recover from that and then, like, play the Mavericks hard all game and, like, you really should have won down the stretch, like, that's impressive. Um, like this is one of the more impressive Wizards games, in my opinion. It's also from the coaching perspective, which I'll talk touch on now. Um, I was really, really impressed with the way the Wizards adjusted. Um, so at the beginning, um, like so, the Wizards started Alex line. They're throwing a lot of different coverages at Luka Doncic, um, and a lot of them weren't working because of the personnel issues of Alex Lund. Um, they at first, like they were dropping, um, dropping against Luka Doncic, they got killed. Um, first of all, because when you drop, the first thing that you need is the guard to fight over the screen and kind of like be like bother the ball handler at all um get back to his man so then all of a sudden the advantage is just gone from that pick and roll right um Westbrook is like one of the worst guards I've seen in my life at doing that like he's so bad at getting over screens and getting back to his man and pick and roll coverage um it's just nonsensical that he was guarding Luka Doncic the whole game that didn't that made zero sense um but anyways the second thing you need um you need a big who can um 
play the drop really really well which like len is like a solid solid in the drop and third thing you need is you need the weak side corner to kind of um be able to like slide in a little bit and then if it gets to a point where the um the big has to commit more to the ball handler because he's getting um, more penetration um then he has to slide in and prevent the pass or the lob or whatever um so the wizards in terms of that weak side corner sliding in are really really bad like they're just consistently just straight up like not good at like doing that um and that's more of a personnel thing um also it's like a size thing like if you're asking neto to execute that coverage it's not very good if you're asking Rui to do it like it's fine but a lot of times he's late um which is fine like he's still young it's hard to execute pick and roll coverages in live action um like if you're asking bradley beal to do it it's just non-existent he's terrible in that um so like what are you gonna do um luca was picking them apart with lobs when they were playing drop um, the next coverage they tried was switching, um, switching Alex Len um, onto Doncic and switching Bradley Beal. That didn't really work, um, but I will talk about that a little bit later. And then um, well, they also tried um, just straight up trapping it. That didn't work just because um, Luka Doncic is too good of a passer. Um, if you blitz Luka Doncic, um, he was kind of just killing them. Um, they also tried to do a hard show. Um, Luka was killing the hard show. Um, he was just absolutely picking them apart the whole entire first half. Um, and it was a disaster, um, with Alex Len and Robin Lopez, like those guys could not play against Luka Doncic at all. Um, but saving grace of the Washington Wizards, um, in terms of, um, giving them versatility in the pick and roll coverages was Daniel Gafford. Um, the thing about Daniel Gafford is he may not have the, um, requisite IQ that, um, Alex Len like kind of possesses and then Robin Lopez especially possesses. But what he doesn't have an IQ, um, he was able to make up for in this game in terms of, first of all, motor. Um, giving second efforts is something that's important in pick and roll coverages, especially from a big um, when like he does make mistakes, but he's really, really good at recovering. That's one thing I do love about um, Daniel Gafford. Um, another thing that Daniel Gafford has is the God-given gifts of being like able to jump really, really high. Um, out of a backpedal, he is a good athlete, which is something that's important when you kind of drop a little bit. Um, he's not the greatest lateral athlete, but he has long enough arms. Um, he has active hands. Like Gafford did a, like Gafford unlocked a lot for this Wizards team in this game. He's one of the biggest reasons why the Wizards won. Um, just him being able to be a versatile in the pick and roll coverages, um, that the Wizards played in the second half. Um, Gafford played like most of the second half. A lot of the times he was either, they're playing a soft trap, um, on Luka Doncic. So not having two guys particularly commit to him in the coverage, um, kind of like showing a little and then getting back and um you know having better rotations i'm sure um you know scott brooks was kind of just nailing in um to be better in rotation um because whenever the um mavericks were able to get the wizard for rotation in the first half it was a disaster second half was way 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 better um which is a great adjustment to see from the team um but also um gafford did incorporate a little bit of drop i did not think he was very good in the drop um whenever he went to that but also just switching um, was something that the Wizards went to a lot, and it worked decently well. Um, even though Gafford's not that good in terms of switching, um, switching on a Luka Doncic, you'd rather have him do that than just operate, like go over and drop and like have him operate in a 5-on-4. Um, so I, I like the um, you know little soft traps that they gave him. Um, also, Daniel Gafford is able to execute blitzes better um, than the other two bigs um, just by having more active hands, being you know having longer arms. Um, being a better athlete to get his feet out there and then push Doncic away um, from you know being able to like have any chance of turning the corner or just like giving him worse angles, pushing him further towards the sideline on those, um, on the blitz. Um, so Gafford phenomenal game, probably his, like to me, that was by far his best game as a wizard. Um, like it's not even close. Um, I know he, like he had 9.7 rebounds, like he's had better stat lines. Um, but the way that he unlocked their pick and roll coverages in that game to me, that was by far his best game. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess I'll talk about, I want to see Russell Westbrook's shot chart because he scored a ton of points on 
kind of skeptical about um, how he got his buckets. Um, so I want to pull up Russell Westbrook's. I don't want to see the shot plot. I want to see the shot zone. Oh, also, I pull up all these shot plots on um, NBA.com. Yeah, okay. So it's actually pretty interesting. So Russell Westbrook was attacking this game, like, right from the start. Like, he is, like, if there's one thing that I will say about Russell Westbrook, like, I give him a ton of criticism. I will never, ever question um, his energy, his effort, his passion, like, all that kind of stuff is, like, class one. Like, first tier A, like, unbelievably great. Um, the Wizards were down early and it looked like they were going to get blown out. Westbrook, like just straight up didn't give up. Like he kept playing hard. Um, he was motivating guys. He was like still keeping everyone accountable for everything they did. Um, that was great. That was great to see. And also he picked up his energy level in the second half. Um, it was really good. Like defensively, like he did a much, much better job in pick and roll coverage where he was awful in the first half. He was passable in the second half, I'll say. Um, but just way, way better giving more effort, um, which is like what the Wizards needed. Um, so like, it was a really, really good game from him. Also, just attacking downhill. Um, being in attack mode all game long, um, attacking switches harder than usual, um, like, because a lot of times he'll get a switch, um, and then he'll kind of shoot, you know, whatever garbage, um, pull a mid-range shot. No, he was getting to the rim a lot, um, which is a very, very much a welcome sight to see. Um, he shot 14 shots inside the restricted area tonight, um, which is a great, great, great number. I don't know if he has shot that many all season but he was 9 of 14 inside the restricted area um one of three from floater range four of seven from mid-range and three of six from three-point range um four of seven from mid-range that's unsustainable um three of six from three-point range obviously that's unsustainable but the way that he was attacking the rim that feels sustainable um that was good that was that was great this was one of westbrook's like better games of the year probably um i guess like it was um because of his ability to get downhill and finish and really, really drive the Wizards offense when Beal in particular wasn't really playing as well, or I guess I'll talk about that. Um, not, I guess not playing as well, but like wasn't scoring, giving his normal um, offensive output that he usually was. Um, and Ru- Russell Westbrook is able to, um, you know, keep the Wizards afloat for most of the game. So I give him a ton of credit for that. Um, you know, sometimes like the shooting stuff isn't sustainable, um, but the stuff inside the paint um, definitely was, um, especially against like the Mavericks who like, man, I feel bad for Dwight Powell. Um, Dwight Powell, tore his Achilles in like what January and he came back in like 10 months or 11 months from an Achilles injury which is like absolutely ridiculous um but yeah like he's just not the same level of athlete that he once was which is kind of sad to see like I'm like I I like Dwight Powell um last year um and it it sucks that he you know hasn't really fully recovered from that Achilles um but it's tough when you're like 6'11 you like really really rely on athleticism for a lot of your um you know value as an NBA player um so yeah, it's tough to see. I, I get upset every time I see him play. Um, also, Willie Klaus-Stein, like, just isn't particularly that good of a rim protector. Um, you know, he can't really move his feet out there with Russell Westbrook. Um, so, you know, he's again, like, he's also not the same athlete he was, like, five years ago when he was at Kentucky or, like, when he was with the Kings. Um, so, you know, uh, it's tough. It's tough because the Mavericks didn't have Porzingis. Like, Porzingis, he's no, you know, guy who's going to be moving his feet on the perimeter but he's at least he's a bigger body he's a better rim protector than the other two guys they have um it sucks that the Wizards keep playing teams without like all their guys like I want to see Porzingis play um you know but <laughs> you can only play who the other team puts out there but a phenomenon from Russell Westbrook just attacking um the Dallas Mavericks um bigs all night long um yeah so um I do want to talk about so Bradley Beal um for the most part the Mavericks were showing both top locking him and um lock and trail um, and the person that was executing a lot of it was Josh Richardson. Um, Josh Richardson, he's interesting because I think that if you have Josh Richardson, he's like your fourth best offensive player, then you're, 
you're and then he's like one of your better defensive players then that's an awesome role for him um you know just like tertiary creation attack um he can attack a closeout. He can run an occasional pick and roll. Um, you know, make a wide open three. Like just step into it. Um, you know, cut off the ball. Like don't ask him to do too much on offense. Um, but he, if he's your secondary creator on your team, um, then you're not in great shape. Uh, luckily for the Mavericks, their primary creator is Luka Doncic, and he's just like phenomenal. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Josh Richardson is a secondary guy. It's questionable. Um, but defensively, he did a great job. He was, he was flying all around the court. Um, just. Um, like he was so good in the lock and trail against Bradley Beal all game long, but particularly in the first half, like Bradley Beal did not like play that well in the first half because Josh Richardson did such a good job disrupting him. Um, that's kind of why I question like why why not play Josh Richardson down the stretch, especially in that last possession, and just have him hound Beal. Um, because he did he foul? No, he he had no fouls. Like I don't know, I don't really understand that. Like I thought he did a really really good job. Like his offense decision making tonight was like straight up bad. Like I will say that. Um, his shot selection was bad. Um, he wasn't doing a very good job of space creation. Um, a lot of his shots were just like pull up mid range shots that were bad. <laughs> like they weren't going in. Um, he took like some, you know, unwarranted, like off the dribble threes. Um, you know, that's just, but that's kind of what you is going to happen when you kind of rely on Josh Richardson to create a lot of your offense. Like what else is he going to do? Like kick out to Dorian Finney Smith. Is he going to create something like no. Um, also I, I love Dorian. Like I love a lot of the personnel on this Mavericks team. Like I'm, I really, really like Josh Richardson. Um, I like Tim Hardaway Jr. I really, really like Jalen Brunson. Like Dorian Finney-Smith is someone who I love. Um, Maxi Kleba is someone who I think is super, super underrated. Um, but yeah, like Jalen Brunson only played 15 minutes in this game. That's really weird. I wonder if he's injured or I don't know what the heck that's about. <laughs> um, anyways, moving past that. Um, and I want to think about, uh, how far into this are we? 23 minutes. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I guess I talked about pick and roll coverages for a lot of the game, but you know, that's like the most important thing in the NBA nowadays is pick and roll coverage, what you're doing. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go through my notes and then that'll be it. I don't know. It feels weird. It feels like I didn't touch on enough. Um, I will say, um, the wizards, um, shooting frequency um, versus the Mavericks is pretty funny. Um, so the Wizards shot 38% of their shots at the rim, which is really high. They shot a ton of mid-range jumpers as usual. And then they shot only 19% of their shots from three. Um, and they made 31.6%. Like the Wizards are just not a good three-point shooting team at all. Um, I also want to talk about transition. Um, neither team really, really ran that much in transition, which is kind of weird because that's kind of against what the Wizards do. But, um, part of running in transition is the other team missing shots. Um, so if the other team is missing so few shots, um, then it's really, really hard to get up and down in transition. Um, and that, you know, goes back to the Wizards defense, um, and you know how they can get better. Um, so yeah, I guess, so lastly, I do want to talk super, super briefly about the next Wizards game, um, which is against the Pacers. Um, I think Miles Turner is not going to play like, I don't know how, like he's out indefinitely. I think he's probably out for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, so that'll be a super interesting matchup. The Wizards are a game and a half back, I believe, of the Pacers at this point. The Pacers just beat the Thunder by like 57 points tonight. Um, but obviously it's a thunder, but Poku didn't even play like Alexei Pokushevsky didn't play. They still lost by 57 or like no offense to Pokushevsky, but like, he's not a positive player at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, they started, I think they started Charlie Brown jr. Um, and I didn't even know he was on a roster. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out Charlie Brown jr. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to go through my notes and that'll do it for, um, this pod. Um, and yeah, hopefully like, no, I'll say that at the end. I always say that. At the end. Um, so if your weak side rotations aren't on point, um, he's going to pick you apart. That's what's happening right now. Talking about Luka Doncic, um, Mavs are trapping. The, oh, yeah. So Mavs were um, trapping a lot of Bradley Beal pick and roll. 
Um, and that was really, really successful. Um, so I'll, I, I'd expect more teams to do that, especially once you get to like a playing scenario, um, cause it's looking more and more like the Wizards are going to get to that playing game. Um, once you get to that point, um, I'd expect more teams to do that. And that'll be interesting to see, um, how the Wizards handle that. Um, the driving kick and just flinging the ball is working really, really well, um, for the Mavericks. Yep. That, that was kind of the story of the first quarter. Um, but you know, like I said, the Wizards came back, um, I wrote in my notes, Russ guarding Doncic is a disaster. He's just walking into a five on four every single time because Russ can't get around a screen. It's unstoppable. Yeah, that was ugly at the beginning. Um, Wizards dropping doesn't work at all. I'll talk about that. Um, Wizards are weaking Brunson. I like when Wizards weak ball screens. Um, a lot of teams do that. The Wizards do it a ton. Um, but yeah, like sometimes their coverage just wasn't on the same page because sometimes like they, the Wizards have to do a better job. Like Gafford, um, he played great tonight. Just still has to do a better job with communication um, in pick and roll coverages. Because um, usually you can pin it on the big um, when the guard isn't in the right coverage, um, because the big does call it the coverage when he comes up or when the guy's coming up to set the screen. Um, it's remarkable whether the Wizards are still in this game, considering how the shooting's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Gafford starts off the second half hedging the pick and roll. Has worked better, but the Mavs adjust with a weak side. Oh yeah. So the Mavs a couple times like early when Gafford was um, you know more hedging the pick and roll. Um, they were rising the weak side, and it was leading to it led to a couple dunks. Um, they went away from that. Um, I don't really know why, um, but I, I really like that. Um, oh, yeah, so instant, so Bradley Beal. Um, so they're blitzing Bradley Beal, like I said earlier. Um, the Wizards started going to more of a blitz um, against Luka. Um, yeah, or they, start, they started running pick and roll at Luka. Um, Luka was running a hard show instead of doing the blitz that the other guys were running. Um, so I thought that was smart um, that the Wizards were started running at him more with Bradley Beal to get him more looks. Um, Wizards had success switching Bertans. Um, yeah, so Bertans was switching on to Luca, and the Wizards did have pretty decent success with that. Um, so I like the Wizards mixing things up, um, you know, just throwing things at the wall, see what sticks um, type of stuff. Um, Russ has improved his effort on defense. Um, yeah, he did. Um, give him a ton of credit for that because um, that's not easy to do, especially when you're, you know, having so much impact offensively. Um, Wizards are having a lot more success switching. Um, blah, 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 blah. Talk about that. I like mixing up the coverages, um, mixing switches and soft shows um, to really mess up Luca's rhythm. Um, yeah. Talked about that, but I had to repeat it because that's like the story of this game. Um, was going too much of the drops late in this game. Um, I like mixing up the coverages, but not that one. Yeah. Um, and then I talked about Tim Hardaway Jr. closing the game instead of Josh Richardson, which I thought was weird. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be do, do it for this episode. So, the next Wizards game is Monday against the Pacers. Definitely check that out. That's a really, really big game in terms of play and seeding. Um, like I've said a bunch of times, um, assuming all the teams from the 7 to 10 are equal, if you're the 10 seed, you have a 20% chance of making the playoffs. And if you're the 9 seed, you have a 25% chance. So that 5% raise may not seem like a lot, but that's like really, really, really like important. Like at the end of the day, that could make the difference between making the playoffs and not making it. Um, so, you know, watch that game, root for the Wizards. Um, hopefully they win. Um, but yeah, definitely check that game out. I'll podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.